Hey everybody, it's a Monday Night Therapy episode on Tuesday because yesterday was Christmas time. That's about yeah. as enthused as I've been in like three days. That I was more that was more energy than I expected out of you. Holy moly. <laughs> I have been I have been laying around for like three days eating more sugar than I've eaten in the last six months. And uh, it's not it's not a good thing. I don't think the whole, you know, cookies. I pretended I was Santa Claus. I did dress up as Santa Claus in my Santa Claus outfit for Christmas. And uh, I ate all the cookies and I ate all those little round things, you know, that look like a tube that are sugary. And then the uh, Heidi always makes uh, these little like pretzels smashed with chocolate. I ate like 368 of those. And and then I, oh, Jesus. I've done pretty good as far as the sugar. I mean, there's been plenty of it around, but um, yeah, I, uh, yesterday, I guess maybe I went off the wagon a little bit. And of course I have my mom's peanut brittle and she always gives us kind of like a big square container of that to take home with us. So there's my heavy dose of sugar, but overall it, it, not as, not as much as some holidays, I guess, as far as the sugar content. So we have a lot more people on than I expected because, uh, well, honestly, I did. I it just feels dead around my house. I mean, uh, but you know that's because that's because like Saturday evening we went out to a nice restaurant and it was you know the all the restaurants are loud as hell today and you know me with the brain issues, the, all the cognitive stuff coming in, I almost passed out during this. I just held my shit together long enough to make it through it. And there it was exciting. The church was loud, a lot of music. And then there, my family is loud like me. Can you believe that? Is that shocking to anybody? It shouldn't and be. And then Christmas Day, nobody was in the house because all the kids had their Christmases with other families. So we would like a lot of comments from you people. Comments about this. We're at the end of another year. Christmas is uh, behind us. The New Year's Day is in front of us just a bit. And we have come to the end of 2023. You know what I find shocking about that, Todd? Uh, just uh, what? You, you finished another year of your life? Yeah. Yeah, for me. I mean, you know. Yeah. Every day's a blessing. That's what you're supposed to say. But, you know, I'm sure that... Years ago, were we in the midst of all that 80s nuclear apocalyptic music? I looked around at one point and went, wow, someday it's going to be 2025. The world isn't going to even exist by then. And here we are. It's almost 2024. The world's still existing. Pretty much the same stuff, except the music probably isn't as good with the post-apocalyptic nuclear horrors that we had in the 80s, you know, with the, the fix, uh, you know, uh, you know, and uh, 99 Luft balloons and all the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. Fishbones, party at Ground Zero, things like that. But don't you, don't you, speaking of music, though, do you ever just sit back this time of year and just listen to Christmas music? And, 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 you know, we were, we, we found Lincoln's Christmas station when we were driving down there yesterday. And it seemed like, you know, there was the roads were a little bit tricky, uh, you know, white Christmas and all. You haven't had snow for ages and we had snow on Christmas morning down here. But, um, man, they were playing good Christmas music and it kind of got you all pumped up and in the mood. And I think one of the things that I missed the most about being a high school principal, and I I've said this for years, um, you know, I I was in education for well, I still am, but either a teacher or a principal for 35 years. But I always looked forward to and I needed that Christmas concert because that is what got me, you know, kind of over the top. And once I could go to that Christmas concert and listen to those kids sing and, you know, seeing the extended families there, that always got me in the mood. So that is something I miss. So, I, I you know, it is kind of strange for me right now. But, man, I love I love listening to Christmas tunes. Love it. Well, Aaron Keene says, John got diabetes for Christmas, it seems. You know, that's probably, you know, the other thing that happened is uh, everybody was coming home and my wife actually cleaned my bathroom. 
and I was surprised it got as clean and as white as it did. And she moved my medicine, so I've been forgetting to take my medicine lately. So I probably do have the diabetes. Uh, James Boardman says two tribes go to war. That was yeah. Frank to Hollywood. There you go. Great right. tune. Great tune. Lloyd M. Christmas says I hate Christmas music. What What about Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, man? What about Shane McGowan, the Pogues, Fairyland in New York? I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, yeah. David Bowie, uh, Bing Crosby, little drummer boy. There you go. And uh, come on, what's the kinks, Father Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get up here about your bag of toys. We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over. You know what, Todd? Should we do... I want everybody to participate in this. All you caught, let's look back on the year that was 2023. And I mean all of it. And that goes back to, really, the big question is this. Did we get better in 2023 overall as Nebraska's Cornhuskers than we were in 2022? Are you asking I mean, me? Ba baseball. I'll tell you what, I'm going to look big picture first. Big picture. Women's, first. Ath women's athletics once again carried Nebraska. Yeah, they did. The women's athletic program continues to, to just get better and better. And it's not, you know, just the, the two most visible sports, um, basketball and volleyball. Softball had an outstanding season. <laughs> and the biggest softball news actually came when the season was over. Right. And you know, they picked up Jordy Ball, who she will be a difference maker with the softball team this year. So, you know, are we better in 2023 at the end of the year than we were at the beginning of the year? I think overall we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Without question. You know, and I guess, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge basketball fan, so I'm going to have to step aside, you know, on any comments about that. But I do follow wrestling really, really close. And, you know, one of the highlights for me, if I were to pick, you know, my five, six, whatever highlights of the season was the fact that Nebraska had four All-Americans this year at the NCAA wrestling tournament. And uh, with the exception of Ma Mikey Labriola, who, who got second, right. Right. the other three are back. And, you know, they're, they're wrestling well. The team, the team is definitely um, up there. It's, Nebraska is one of those wrestling programs that – you're going to have to consider a, a top 10 team year in and year out. So that's pretty exciting as far as I'm concerned, because that's one of the sports that I truly do love. What about baseball? Baseball definitely took a step forward. And in fact, you know, I, um, they came up short. They came up short, I think, of some people's expectations because the starting right. pitching wasn't quite where everyone thought it would be. Um, but you know, again, I, I would have to say, again, one of my top five moments for Nebraska athletics this year was the night at the the Big Ten tournament when Will Walsh went out there and and threw a four hit shutout against Michigan State to keep the season alive. I mean, you know, Nebraska was in a position at the Big Ten tournament that they were going to have to at least make the finals, if not win right. the tournament you know, to get an NCAA bid. And, you know, they had played that incredible game against um, um, Maryland, you know, the day before. And, you know, then they have to play Michigan State. And Will Walsh just was lights out, just an incredible night of baseball. Um, so, yeah, um, baseball, definitely. Track and field. Wait, don't wait, know. wait, wait. Yep. Max Anderson. And come on, the other guy that hit all the homers. <laughs> I told you my memory was struggling. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Matthews. Yeah, I mean, those two players for the baseball team had a magical season. They were fun to yep. watch. And, you know, that was baseball. And baseball, you know, we were – Both we're, of them were, were drafted. Yep. yep. And both of them – Bryce Matthews in particular, you know, he got off to a good start in his professional career. I mean, you know, he – Right. He had a good, you know, lower A ball, whatever league he was in. So, yeah, I mean – so, um, yeah, I, baseball, I'm expecting more from baseball, um, you know, and, and baseball has been one of those sports, you know, certainly the portal 
it has impacted all of ba- all. Um, excuse me, the portals impacted all sports. But when you really think about it, baseball has had a pretty transient population or you know rosters. Rosters in baseball turn over faster than anybody, and and they have for years because of the junior college transfers and because of the way that it's set up where these guys, you know, come for maybe a couple of years and then they go into the draft. So, um, you know, they're going to turn the lineup over again this year. There's there's 20-plus players, new players on that baseball team. So looking forward to that. But, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the baseball season. Uh, softball, we talked about that. I, you know – and then we go into you were going to mention track and field. They're Nebraska, and so you know they're they're a team that has to be reckoned with. They don't, you know, they don't compete at the very top level when they get to the NCAA track and field meet. But you know they've won Big Ten championships, and you know it's kind of become the home for uh, throwers and jumpers. And right. um, so that's kind of how you make your name. And what I'm curious about with track and field going forward is the number of sprinters that Matt Rule is bringing into the football program that allegedly are going to also compete in track and field. So, you know, if, if, if Nebraska can add another dimension to that program, you know, I think, I think that they could be pretty fair going forward. We had the, uh, we had the one young woman who was, uh, Oh, come on. She set records as a thrower. (laughs) We, we had two that were pretty doggone good, and, and you're right. Um, you know, <laughs> I I should have been better prepared with some of those names, but they're javelin throwers is what, you know, that's where the bread and butter seems to be. Uh, Roger Moore, thank you very much. John and Todd have the best vocabularies to graduate from India. Well. <laughs> All right. Depends on how much alcohol we have, quite honestly. But Yeah. Wait. Well, okay. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, that was through the spring end of the fall. We get uh, football is the one everybody cares about. Well, let's, we've let's hold back. This. Okay. We have, we have, and Aaron brings this up, um, women's soccer and women's soccer made the elite eight this year. They won the big 10, uh, regular season. And, um, they, you know, they, they just, They've just have really come on the last few years. And don't forget that John Walker has been at Nebraska as the head soccer coach for quite a few years. He's a Canadian and he's been down here uh, for a number of years. And, and back in the big 12 days, Nebraska was one of the better soccer programs in that conference. It's taken them a while to bring their game to a level to compete, you know, with the big 10 schools. But um, you know, we had, a gal who was player of the year. Um, so, you know, that's definitely a bright spot for women's soccer. And we, uh, Brian Bauer brings up the women have been very competitive in bowling and rifle over the years. That's true. But boy, you're right. The women have kind of carried this athletic department, haven't they? They really Other have. Other than wrestling, I, you know, baseball, baseball, I would hope that we are going to. Uh, I, I look like you, I look forward to this baseball season. I, I hate to say this, but I think the thing that I look forward to, to most is that we'll have a pitcher's coach who probably understands pitchers. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be nice. And, and, you know, no, I, I don't want to throw Jeff Christie under right. the bus, but right. You know, when you have Rob Childress, you know, in your dugout and, Folks, Rob Childress, he's the pitcher whisperer. Um, you know, there's a lot of you probably too young to remember um, when Dave Van Horn came here and Rob Childress was his right-hand man. And they built pitching staffs and defensive teams that just fought and scrapped. Um, but Rob Childress, Rob Childress knows pitching, and that's going to benefit this team. Uh, okay. Wait, nope, not that one yet. Brian Bauer says signing Dylan Royola shortened my airing of grievances portion by fifth twenty minutes. And then I bunch of gobbledygook. Uh well, I I'm sure that this has been, you know, if you were looking at things, I mean that was probably 
I, yeah, I realize we all put the biggest importance on football, and this is probably the biggest thing that's happened in Nebraska football for, well, since the hiring of Matt Rule, which hasn't been that long. But, you know, it's a big, it's a big step up. It's a big deal. There's no question about it. And, um, you know, well, now I'm going to go back to that pragmatic part of my personality. Now we'll wait and see because, right. you know, I, we had, we did talk Nebraska football and we did talk Dylan Rayola when uh, my family was together and, you know, sitting around the table was my brother and I had and two nephews that were both college athletes. And um, then my niece's husband who played football at Kansas state, not that many years ago. And, um, you know, my opinion is I'm not going to put a whole lot of trust and faith in a freshman and I don't care how many stars he has. You know, I'd much rather see somebody that's got a little bit of experience there, but, we're gonna we're gonna ride the Dylan Riola horse, I think, and and away we go. So you're gonna have that attitude until the first game when he goes out and throws 400 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, and then I'll be there and say <laughs> I told you so. When in game three he can't hit the broad side of the ball. Oh, what? Jeez. <laughs> Lloyd M. Christmas says, "Fun fact: Todd looks good in a flat bill hat." Well, and that goes with this. Lloyd M. Christmas also asked John and Todd, "What was your favorite?" Get gift you guys got from Christmas. Did you did you get that hat for Christmas? I got this hat for Christmas, and I got my Oakland A's hat that I wore a couple of weeks ago. That was a Christmas present. We had Christmas early with part of the family, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a. I mean, Linda Wilkins was giving me crap a couple of weeks ago about the whole flat brim thing. I'm not a flat brim guy. I just am kind of meticulous about how I bend my hats, and I've got to put a lot of attention and focus on that. And I just haven't been in that frame of mind yet, but you know, the kind of flat brim thing, I don't know. You know, I, I'm too damn old to wear a flat brim and my hair is too short. I, what else do what, anything else you get for Christmas? Uh, yeah. What else did I get for Christmas? I got, um, I got a new book because I had it before and I, and I loaned it to someone and I forgot who I loaned it to. And so I never got it back. And so um, a family member got me this book called uh, Been Dead, Never Been to Paris <laughs> and um, written by a, a friend of mine. Um, so I, I did get that. So I, I have that back in my collection now. Um, Good for you. I got um, I, I got uh, um, I got some beer. I got a case of uh, Shiner Cheer, which is my favorite beer, that seasonal beer. Got it. Holiday Cheer right here, Shiner Beer. And um, got some uh, Nebraska Craft Beer. And um, boy, it makes it sound like I'm really an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, that's kind of scary, actually. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, it, I did pretty good. How about yourself? Everybody you, in our everybody in our family, but Heidi got pipeline jerky. Yeah, because you could order you could order the, the big packs of it. So everybody got that. I got Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, a book I'd read years ago but forgot because I lost a lot of my book knowledge when I died. I got a books on uh, phantoms in the brain from my son's girlfriend, who is currently a medical stool at Loyola. I got a really big foot massager which was my family gave to me for one sole purpose is because I sit around while we're watching TV and I go, Hey, uh, Isaiah, that's my rotten son. You want to rub my feet? And then I always know the answer is no, nobody's going to do this because nobody's ever going to do that. So they gave me a foot massager, which really means my challenge is to come up with some more other annoying catchphrase. So I got a, I got some yep. other stuff. I was I was so like getting overwhelmed with all the the excitement of Christmas that I literally opened one of my wife's gifts that I myself bought her. Because <laughs> somebody handed it to me and they said this says to John from Heidi and I'm like open it up and I go oh it's a robe and I go why did I 
why did you give me a robe? I gave you, and then I realized this is your robe. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> That's how out of it I was. I was starting to get by the end of the night, and I wasn't even drinking. It was all the sugar, I'm sure. But sure. Uh, you know, the pipeline jerky. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm hard to buy. I don't know what people should buy me for Christmas because I don't really need anything. When people ask me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I've PS5, well, I've, but nobody's going to do that. I got one of those. I got an insulated cup that was. It's kind of like one of those best dads in the world types of cups. But of course, it came from my son, the sarcastic son. It has a picture of Donald Trump on it and some line about greatest, best, most prolific ever. Blah 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 blah. Dad. So, um, kind of a little insider with the two of us there. But uh, you know, I just this year. I needed a new baseball cap because my cap that I've been wearing for 15 years is about shot. So I needed a new one of them. Wanted a new Oakland A's cap because they're not going to be the Oakland A's very much longer. And they've been my team for years and years and years and years. But usually my Christmas list is brown liquids. And that pretty much covers (laughs) coffee, coffee, bourbon, and beer. That pretty much takes care of it. Now, I'm assuming some other people could come up with some brown liquids that might not be, you know, what I'm looking for. But um, so far, so far, been pretty good. I don't need I, I don't need a lot more stuff, you know. Consumable stuff is fine with me. Roger Moore says high karate was big back in the day. <laughs> that stuff, woo, man. Highlander gun... Highlander Gun would apparently give you prune juice, Todd. Highlander Gun, it probably won't be long until that will be part of the brown liquids that I get. You bet. Uh, Midwest (laughs) Depressed earlier said it's the end of the world and we know it. That's earlier when I was referencing uh, 1980s uh, nuclear apocalypse songs by R.E.M. R.E.M., oh, yeah. And I feel fine. Anyway, do we, do we go through men and women's basketball? Last year at the end of the season, at the end of the season, the men put on a run and just fell short in the Big Ten tournament of possibly making the NIT. It was kind of sad that they, you know, it was sad they lost to, I think it was Minnesota at the end of the year. And you kind of like, you know, you made this nice run right at the end of your schedule and it was fun to watch. Casey Tomanaga caught fire. Derek Walker was always fun to watch. And then they just lost that last game. And you're like, well, this is kind of how Nebraska basketball goes. This year they're 10 and 2. And they're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna come into January now, and January, March, or January, February is where all the blood is gonna get let. And we're gonna see how good they actually are. They're missing Reich Mass because he had surgery. He's gonna be out for a while in January. Uh I, you know, in women's basketball. You know, Jill and Jaden cover that for me, and I don't pay that close attention. To you know, it, it seems like to me that it's a program from what I've paid attention. You know, that it, it, in some respects, they're still at the foundational level because they haven't brought in that that girl, that woman that, you know, can really be a difference maker, a change right. maker. Um, they've had really solid players. Now, again, I don't pay as much attention to it as I should, but, you know, a lot of folks say that the Widener girl, you know, the that blew her knee out again, you know, is a real offensive threat. Um, now, the positive and maybe the best news that's happened in regard to women's basketball is the fact that the Prince girl from uh, right. um, Millard has – you know, committed and signed to come to Nebraska. And, you know, she certainly, uh, with with the amount of attention that she got nationally, she could be that girl that comes in and can be a difference maker um, for Nebraska. So, you know, now, John, you know, we have kind of skipped around and we kind of yeah. bogged down. We talked a little bit about soccer in the fall. Right. We're going to say football for the end, but how okay. can we not? How can we not talk about what, in my opinion, was the biggest, bestest oh. part of Nebraska athletics this year, right. and maybe, right. maybe in many, many years, and that was volleyball day in Nebraska. 
Yeah, um, that's true. You know, uh, John Cook has done, you know, an incredible job. Um, you know, those those freshmen this year uh, combined with Merritt Beeson and, and Lexi Rodriguez and, you know, Lindsey Krause and Allie Battenhorst. Um, you know, an incredibly fun team to watch. And when that team was clicking on all cylinders, they were as exciting of a team, you know, to watch. And uh, as, as any volleyball team that I've ever watched, you know, they got their butts kicked at the end of the season. And unfortunately, yeah, that's that's going to be a bad taste, not only in their mouth, but it's going to be a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths because it isn't the way that it was supposed to have ended, you know, um, with the way things have been going up to that point. But that volleyball day in Nebraska, yeah. even today, when I see clips from that, I still get goosebumps. I, you know, and you guys teased me because a while back, I, you know, way back when they first announced it, I think I made some kind of comment along the line of, well, if I'm in town, I'll go and buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, you'll walk up. You were yeah, going to walk up and buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would have been 93,003. <laughs> um, but, you know, what What an incredible event. And, you know, um, it's not only that, but the media attention nationally that's been given to that sport. and in and in large part, it is because of Nebraska. It is because Nebraska has has gotten behind a sport that um, people in this state just love. And the rest of the world, excuse me, the rest of the country ha has kind of caught that kind of caught that uh, uh, bug, if you will. Um, so that's got to be exciting, too. I, I, I would put, you know, the highlight of my Nebraska year was Volleyball Day in Nebraska. Yeah. And everything else kind of falls behind that, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Excuse me. Aaron Keene says, I'd like to know how you guys rate Trev's performance to date. I'm going to let you go first on that one. Well, you know what? When Trev Alberts was hired, I did a video, I did a reaction video and I was pissed off and it was a, you know, John's cranky reaction video on YouTube. And I wasn't happy. I was like, uh, why we hire another Nebraska guy? What's the point of this? We're never going to break out of this. You know, it's just one more former 90s guy that's going to, you know, there's not ever going to be new ideas. There's not ever going to be blood. Number one, holy shit, was I wrong. And number two, when I look back on that video, I realized that I really wasn't angry about Trev Alberts being hired. I was angry about the fact that our fucking athletic department couldn't do a thing without it being leaked to the press ahead of time. And it pissed me off that when he was hired, that it was leaked and they had to do it right away. And they had to rush his, his announcement out the door because that's how poorly run our athletic department was before Trev Alberts arrived. There's a, there were, I just looked at it and thought, you know, a lot of this stuff shouldn't be happening. Like, you shouldn't be just leaking shit to the media before you can have a proper press conference and you have can have a proper announcement and you can do things the right way. But no, at that time, everything was being leaked ahead of time. And I'm sure the media guys were perfectly happy to go, yay, we got a scoop because, you know, for some reason that puts a bee in their bonnet or some fucking thing. I think Trev Alberts has done... <clears throat> I think he's done an amazing job. I think he's taken an athletic department that really was, quite frankly, falling to shit. And a lot of that stuff was internal stuff. And you can kind of see, first of all, Nebraska's athletic department historically has been extremely well run compared to other athletic departments around the nation. Uh, we don't have debt problems. You know, I mean, you look around. We, our, hell, our volleyball team makes money, for God's sake. That's the only volleyball team in the nation that makes money. You know, the athletic department historically and kind of traditionally has been financially very sound. They've made very good decisions for many years. They, you know, for years we talked about our pride, at least I did, probably Todd too, alums about how many academic All-Americans we'd had. 
And that stuff went to shit for a while. And we're still kind of feeling the effects of it because, you know, for a few years, no, apparently nobody gave a shit about academics. Because when you looked at who got into a bowl game today and who won their bowl game, and I realize we can make fun of Minnesota for winning their bowl game and still having a losing record. But if there's one thing you're getting from watching all these, quite frankly, minor bowl games is our program got so fucking bad we couldn't even make a shitty bowl game. That's how bad our football program got under previous regimes and under previous coaches. And I think Trev Alberts has done an excellent job of coming in, cleaning up a lot of the problems that were there going on financially and a lot of the this shit that was going on. And he took care of the probably the one guy that had to be fired and probably did it with as much class as anybody else could have. I I think that, you know, when I saw when I I bugged Todd earlier and I said, we should do a year in review. And I thought, well, it's not going to be that great a year in review. I mean, we haven't done that well. But when you look back on the year, it's actually not been that bad compared to like 2022. When honest to God, 2022, I remember doing a video on, we've just gone through the worst year in our athletic department's history. Our baseball team didn't even make the Big Ten tournament. You know, the basketball team was couldn't win a game. Uh, the football team was lost and all of that stuff. Now, you know what, now we can all look forward to, I think across the board and look at our teams from football to bowling, from women's track to whatever it is and kind of look at them and go, you know, none of this really sucks. None, none of them are in really shitty, horrible positions. So I think Trev Alberts has done an A-plus job. He got a big raise. He deserves it. We're going to see what this whole stadium renovation thing, I think, is an enormous project that you know we could argue about, and we probably will in another show, not this one. But I think Trev Alberts has done about as good a job as anybody possibly could coming into Nebraska and cleaning up the shit show that was happening before him. That's my take on it, Todd. Well, I'm you know, I'm going to – qualify this up I'm front. hot I'm gonna qualify this up front because I always feel a need to do it um I I am not a Trev Alberts fan I right. I don't like him and I'm not gonna go back into you know all of the reasons for that it's just a couple simple words UNO wrestling that being said I I always appreciate when people do a good job and just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you can't respect them. And I respect the hell out of what he's done. I He has done more for Nebraska athletics than any AD that we've had since Bill Byrne. All right. And he's done it in a very short period of time. I don't know if I can articulate exactly what I want to say as well as I want to, but what Trev Alberts has done is two things. He's basically said to Nebraska fans, state, community, he, he has said to Husker Nation, if you want to compete, then it's time to get serious, and this is what it's going to take to compete. He's expressed vision and he apparently has enough respect in a short period of time among his peers that there are other people that kind of buy into his vision and agree with that vision. He's willing to make some hard decisions, but in essence, in my mind, what he has said to Nebraska is quit living in the past. Right. We are the world's greatest living in the past people. We are very quick to throw out to Iowa fans, Minnesota fans, Wisconsin fans, five natties, five. <laughs> well, we haven't won one of them in 20 years. Right. You know, we love to bask in our former glory. But, folks, 
if we are going to, and when I say we, if the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers are going to be a competitive college athletic program going forward in the future, we got to get our heads out of the past and we've got to start moving forward with the future, towards the future. And Trev Alberts is making it pretty damn clear what that's going to take. Trev Alberts is the first AD that I have heard that has had the balls to say this whole stuff about conferences ain't going to be around forever. Right. It might be for sports other than <clears throat> football. But I've been saying this for a number of years. You're going to get to a super conference. It's not going to be 64 teams. You know, it's it's going to be a different world. And Trev Alberts is saying to Nebraskans, are you willing to make the sacrifices? Are you willing to pony up to make that possible? And it's going to take dollars. And it's going to take stadium renovation. And it's going to take those people who sit in the south end zone sacrificing for a couple of seasons. We had a question earlier, is that building renovation or stadium renovation going to be a two-year project? I think it is. I think they're saying it is a two-year project. Yeah. Two seasons. Realistically. Yeah. And going along with that, then you have the issue of continuing to generate revenue without pricing people out of attending games with 15,000 fewer seats. This is, this is three-dimensional chess that's being played. And Trev Alberts, I think, is, is he, I have tremendous respect for the job that he's done. And he has not said anything about cuts and cutting back. He has not said any of that, and I hope he doesn't. Fred Sacco says, Trev was cowardly for what he did at U. He is the right guy for the job at Nebraska. You and you still don't trust him. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. I do. That's me, Fred. Uh, Paul Dallin says, all y'all need to get over UNO. He made that athletic department better, and he's making UNL better. Eh? Eh? Did I do the all y'all right? You did. Yes, I did. Uh, let's see. Oh, come on. Fred Sacco comes back with none of this really sucks. There's the next shirt. <laughs> well, maybe if Monica's online, we'll see what she can come up with. I've had yeah. this one marked. I'm going to throw. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I went. Go ahead. No, you go. Let's talk about this and I'll get the next Okay. One. Joel Tilson says, what is the status of the Memorial Stadium upgrade? I do not know. I don't think much has been said much about it. Not, not a whole lot's been said recently, no. but uh, I don't have any reason to believe that they aren't going forward as planned. Um, yeah, I think that I think the thing is, is you know, I did that video the other day about has Neil and the transfer portal ruined college football, and I talked about uh, the things ahead the college athletics is going to be facing, and those, you know, there's three things. There's uh, the NCAA is probably going to be sued out of existence. Athletes are probably going to be ruled to be employees. And number three is the enrollment clip that's going to hit college and universities if it hasn't already. And those are three major issues coming to that are going to affect college sports. And people are going to be saying, why would we put in all this Memorial Stadium uh, renovation when it's clear that we're going to have to cut budget at the University of uh, Nebraska Academics? And I think the answer to that is this. If you don't invent, I mean, let's face it, Memorial Stadium is the state's biggest and best cathedral. And if you don't invest in your infrastructure, it's going to fall apart. And I think for years, people have complained about sitting on those seats and stuff. And why can't we have a nicer experience and things like that? And the simple fact is, if you don't invest in stuff like that, I think. Maybe this is an unfair thing, but I'm going with the stereotype type. Uh, you become Detroit. That's what you become. Well, I, I agree 100%, John. At the same time, though, I certainly understand when people are saying, how can we? How can Nebraska spend 450, $415 million on a new football stadium when they're cutting $58 million from the academic budget? 
And, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the, the attendance cliff. People, <laughs> colleges and universities are going to internally combust. And those that yeah, are going to survive are the, are the ones that are going to get out in front of things that have creative leadership. Um, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast about what, you know, all the cuts that they're making at West Virginia. Um, and, and it's, it's just, it's just traumatizing with, with what's going to happen there. Um, but the truth of the matter is the business model that most colleges and universities have been following for the last 50 years is broken. And they're, they're going to have to figure out how they work smarter and leaner. Um, but at the same time, we live in a sports crazy society. And, you know, this might sound stupid, but um, I never went to a board meeting or I never went to a public meeting where people were upset about reducing teachers. But I sat in a very, very packed library that <laughs> and moved into an auditorium when we were talking about cutting sports. Right. So it is a heck of a lot easier said than done. And I understand that there's a lot of people, you know, saying, where's our priorities? Well, you know, your priorities, you want to know where priorities are? It's where people are, are, are putting their money. Those are the priorities. I think uh, I think of the few, honestly when I when I talked to well when I got ranty about Nebraska's athletic department uh, being well run and being fiscally responsible I think that that will be a huge boon to Nebraska in the future so with too. this with this enrollment cliff coming because I you have a lot of athletic departments across the nation that charge their students fees and they take money from their university's academic side to feed into their athletics Nebraska does not have a problem. And you can say that the priorities fucked up, but I'll tell you this: that also that means that in the future, Nebraska's athletics won't be dragging the academic side down. True, and that's true. that's a true that's a big positive for our athletic department, uh, based on what's coming in the future with this enrollment enrollment cliff issue. And yeah. it's probably not anything you're going to hear about from other sports people because. Well, it's not a sports issue per se, and quite frankly, they don't have the background that Todd and I do. Where I've worked in, well, I've worked with universities all over the place, and Todd has been in education, so we're special. That's what I'm saying. We're special, Todd. Well, Aaron says, and we'll shift to this. Aaron, Aaron says John Cook deserves a statue. What a legend! I, I agree with that, but only after, only after they christened the Jordans statue. Yeah. You've got to have, yeah. We've got to have that Jordan's statue outside Devaney. Jordan Burroughs, Jordan Larson. That one's got to be built first, and then then we'll take care of the John Cook statue. Uh, Patrick Gerhardt says, hey, guys, what was Ben Franklin like? I heard he was pretty cool. You know, he was, except he walked around singing that one song all the time. You know, do you know who the fuck I am? Oh, he, you know he, the fuck I am, Benjamin fucking Franklin. I wish the guy would have brushed his damn teeth. I couldn't stand being close to him. <laughs> that was a problem. But boy, he did he have a lot of women all over the place all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's amazing. I guess, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what Ben had that I didn't have. Fred Sacco says, cuts at West Virginia. How many teeth will be left? <laughs> Same amount as Dion's toes? Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, James, James Boardman says Trev talked Solich into coming back and me coming back next month. And, you know, that's that's a good thing. Everybody, you know, we all talked about the, the Frank Solich thing. I mean, people were like he was done wrong and done dirty and this needs to be forgiven and things. And that happened. And, you know, that's a probably not a big feather to a lot of people, but it is to some. I think it was I think huge. Was, I think it was huge. Yeah. 
Ah, I was, wait, I was going somewhere. Uh, Roger Moore asked, do we beat Colorado next year? Yes. I'm just, listen, number one, I think we're, I think we are, you look at the number of players we came, brought in through the transfer portal, through the recruiting class, the number of players that stayed. I believe that, you know, Matt Rule and Trev Albert's theory of development is going to be, you know, I think it's going to prove out. Do I think it's going to be proven out where we're going to be in the college football playoff every year and win the national title? I don't know. That's a that's a big get from where we are, the shittiest program in Power Five to get there. But I think that I think that if you take a juxtaposition between being Matt Rule and being Deion Sanders, I would I'm a hundred percent Matt Rule. Because I, I just so. I look at Deion Sanders and I just think he's a fraud with all the stuff he's doing, that he's not going to develop players. And I think it'll show up next year even worse than it showed up this year. We finished with a better record than Colorado. I know that doesn't mean much because we still didn't go to a bowl game. But I think that that separation is getting get even bigger next year. I because agree I just – I don't I don't see Dion really – I don't think he's that good a coach, quite frankly. I know he's been successful in everything he's done. But I think it's, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mike Corgan says, and this I'm, I threw this one up here just because it reinforces, I think, where both John and I are at. Trev making the hard decisions. Critics don't know what they don't know. Um, but, you know, I again, I, I don't care for him. I, I will never join his fan club. But um, I, I respect the job that he's doing. Um, this one I find kind of interesting. Um, I hadn't heard this. James, Bo- James Borman says, faculty and staff, are getting bumped out of the stadium in favor of students and donors. Um, two things on that. First of all, I would love to see more students in that stadium. I mean, to me, yeah. the fact that they limit the number of tickets to students is troublesome to me. And, yeah. um, you know, especially, and I've, I've, I'm going to repeat it again, go up to Minnesota and when that entire east side of that stadium is full of students in those damn striped overalls, um, you know, that was insane. And and Nebraska needs to have that kind of support. But, James, I haven't heard anything about faculty and staff getting bumped. Um, I've sat in faculty seats since 1981, and the gentleman that owns those seats hasn't been notified that he's not going to have them. Um, but then again, they're on the they're on the east side. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't heard. What? I haven't heard any of that yet. Hey, Beetle B says South Stadium is already getting ready to get hauled away. Construction trucks already backing in there. Okay, well, I guess I didn't know that. I didn't either. Uh, somebody else did ask. Oh, Roger Moore said, "Will they be selling off any parts of the South Stadium? If there's money in it, damn right they will be." So yes, yeah, the answer to that is probably yes. Just keep your eyes open for a 12-foot grill that's going to be a dirty white with red ends on it. That's a valuable piece of equipment stored in Joel South Stadium. Joel Tilson says, is it possible to put a retractable roof over Memorial Stadium? Not with current technology. Maybe if they get like some kind of flying cloud city thing like in Star Wars. You know, I, I, I wish I remember. I've got a very good friend that's an architect that's worked on a lot of stadium projects and uh, stadiums and arenas. And he was telling me the difference in costs for retractable roofs. And, um, oh, I shouldn't even go down that road. It was just something, it was just incredible. Incredible how much the retractable roof adds to the overall cost of a project. Paul Dallin says nine wins in the Big 12 or the Big 12 in the Big Big 10 is knocking on the door of the 12 team playoff. I, I think that's true from now on. I think nine wins will be a good season in the, in the new Big 10 as it comes. And, you know, one thing that's happened in the past, what, week is Florida State has met and they are examining how they're going to get out of their grant of rights that they gave to the ACC. And that whole battle is going to be interesting. And, you know, where is Florida State going to end up? Are they going to end up in the SEC? Are they going to end up in the Big Ten? Because I think it's pretty clear, and I've said this before, that 
you know, the whole they didn't they back their quarterback got hurt was just an excuse to leave them out of the four team college football playoff. I think they would have been left out anyway because there's just a lot more money for ESPN in having Alabama in the playoff. And uh, oh, where am I going here? Come on, I put something up, Todd. Look at this. These are the Florida State players that are out of the Orange Bowl. I mean, look that at that list. Incredible. Georgia, Georgia players are opting out left and right too. There were two more tonight that were said to be uh, not with their teams, but look at the top of this list for Florida state quarterback, one quarterback, two and quarterback four, two of those quarterbacks are transferring and not playing in the game. So, I mean, you've got so many opt outs and so many things like that. Have you watched any bowl games, Todd? That what I did I tell you I was going to do? You were going to watch all the games. No, I'm, I, I'm boycotting. <laughs> oh, that's right. You said you were boycotting. This is Since I made that statement, this is what I have watched. I watched part of the third and all of the fourth quarter of Wartburg against North Central in the Division III um, playoffs because I know one of the assistant coaches at Wartburg. I watched the fourth quarter of Montana – the Montana Grizzlies against whoever the hell they played in their semifinal game. Um, and, and so that's what I've watched. I have not wow. watched a bowl game. I'm not going to watch a bowl game. It, I'm just pissed off by the, about the whole thing. I'm watch, I've watched NFL football. I'm back, I'm back to watching NFL football so I can get my fix. But no, you know, when you threw that thing up there with the Florida State, and, you know, I think that's that's a conversation maybe we can have next week before all the big bowl games or I guess they'll all be played by next week. Um, but, you know, this opting out is a dimension that I think is going to, um, you know, that's driving fans away, too. Yeah. It is. And, you know, th that's not good for the sport. Now, again, I said Florida State just ought to say hell with it and boycott the Orange Bowl. Don't go. Take all your players to Mykonos and, and vacation. Um, get the hell out of there. But <sighs> college football is broken. And it's it's broken because the the almighty television dollar has it, it it's just too huge. It's just too huge. And college presidents have become so slobbering greedy that they are not willing, you know, to, to pull anything back. And um, I don't want to watch Florida State play in the Orange Bowl with a, with a third-string quarterback. Right. You know, why? Right. Yeah. Why? And, and you know what's going to happen? George is going to go down there and just kick their ass. And then everybody's going to say, well, Florida State didn't deserve to get into the playoffs. Look right. at that. And or Georgia, George is justified getting in the playoffs. You know, right. I mean, it's people want to make a story out of nothing because they think they have to make a story out of something. Um, so I I don't know. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm gonna watch Montana play. Uh, South Dakota State in the national championship game on, on January 7th. Okay, Moonbot7 says, I'm okay with opt-outs. Use the bowl as fun and use the practices for future players and bench warmers that not to, never got to play during the year. What do you think of that, Todd? I don't want to watch bench. I don't want to watch bench warmers play. <laughs> you, know, you and I have had this argument for quite a few years. You know, Yes, we have. Your attitude about it is, is it's just, you know, more bowl games means more college football to watch. Okay. More bowl games means more crappy college football to watch because good teams are not getting into most of the bowl games. I mean, you know, from what I read, it seems like most of the bowl games that have been played up to this point, about half of them have featured teams that have 500 records. Right, five hundred records. Well, you yeah, know, but it, that's that's because these are the these are like the little these are the little appetizer bowls. So you would you did you 
did you switch your channel to watch any of these teams play during the regular season? Did you choose I, I, to watch Kent State play Weaver I State? Watched, I watched Northwestern, Todd, and Northwestern won their bowl game. And for a first-year coach to do that after all the shit they went through, that was a pretty amazing story. So I guess you know, I back in the day, back in the day when they had twenty, maybe thirty bowl games, twenty bowl games, you know, you'd set your schedule and you get fired up, and you sometimes you'd have to make a decision. You know, am I going to watch the Sugar Bowl? Am I going to watch the Orange Bowl? Which one of those right. games am I going to watch? You know, now it's I, I don't, and and they were good games. They were the best teams. It whittles things down so that you can watch the best teams play. But I don't know. I I haven't watched it. I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay. Fred Sacco has two really good comments we're going with here. And he says, college football became just another TV show, just more content for the sake of content since ESPN Disney took over the world. That's a very good comment. Touchdown. I Touchdown. I will agree with the fact that there has been some bowl games that are just like, what the fuck is the point of this? Who beat the shit out of Eastern Michigan? That was a terrible game. And then they had a brawl after it. And I think South Alabama. Yeah. South Alabama. South Alabama and Eastern Michigan in a bowl game. (laughs) You're so angry about this. Uh, Then Fred comes in with these appetizer bowls. Give me a case of the shits. Which, you know, that's again fair. And then he he follows up with this other comment. Northwestern finally got over the hump. Okay. Was the Uh, hump with the Iowa cheerleaders backing out of the stalls? (laughs) Bill Spears still says, still boils my blood. They made a bull and Nebraska didn't. That's, yeah, that is what's striking me watching some some of these, some of these bowl games. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think that, um, you know, for years, you know, I've watched college football because that's what I do. I, even now when I turn on the TV, I'm more likely to watch sports than I am anything else. Uh, I hate to, I think I've told you guys this, but my preferred programming is anymore has been anime probably more than anything, which is because, (laughs) because it's weird because a lot of times it's fun and because, well, it's weird. And then because, honestly, and this is really blunt, I don't have to watch anime and think, oh, my God, what kind of political fucking shit are you trying to shove down my throat this time? It's just weird stuff. Like the live action One Piece was really fun to watch because the characters were, they were fun characters. You know, I watched Blue-Eyed Messiah. That was fun to watch. You know, both these things are on Netflix. But uh you know, I haven't picked up on Invincible Season 2 on Amazon, but I'm going to watch that soon. That All of these are like cartoons. So if it's not that, then I turn on the TV and I'll watch sports. I'll watch the EPL before I watch anything else on TV. And I sure as hell am not watching ESPN's Talking Head program. I mean, yeah. whenever they do a commercial for Undisputed or whatever the fuck it is with uh, Skip Bayless, it's all I can do to not turn the TV off. So, Okay. Aaron King pops back in and says, how are we feeling about the portal departures so far? Um, Are you disappointed, John, in any of the players that have announced that they're leaving? Not the guys that are declaring for the draft. Like, what the the hell? I'm declaring for the draft. Oh, geez. I I think the only – I am declaring my career at Nebraska is over. That's – yeah. I think the only one that I was really disappointed in was – uh, Marcus Washington, and I think that's probably clear because he lost his appeal. But I would have liked to see Marcus Washington come back for, you know, one experienced receiver to come back and, and help the younger guys get experience with what it's like to play Division One football. And, you know, and see him one more time in a Nebraska uniform with maybe a quarterback that could actually throw the ball to him. That would be different. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have to say that, um, I'm I'm disappointed that Chubba Purdy's leaving. Yeah, but I I don't blame him at all, and I am not surprised. Um, in fact, uh, I thought he was gone anyway. Um, I thought the only way that maybe he would just would stick around is if um, well, 
as soon as they went out to bring in uh, Dylan Raiola, that was the day in my mind that it was over for Chubba Purdy. Right. Uh, Chubba Purdy might have hung around if they brought in a guy for a one and done, maybe. But, you know, um, Chubba wants a chance to play, and um, I don't blame him at all. And sometimes it's time for a new start. But boy, I wish we, I wish he was going to be here because again, I'm awful nervous about a freshman quarterback taking the first snaps of the season. That, that just, that just scares me. Joel Tilson says Minnesota won their bowl game today, which they did. They beat uh, Bowling Green. I think it was like 30 to 24, but Cole Kramer from Minnesota got his only start of his career, his first and last start. And if you watch the game, you know that he's going to marry a very gorgeous young woman because they showed her so many times during the game that you you, you know the SPN crew guys had were infatuated with her. And I was disappointed that after the game, they just didn't come down on the field and get married right there during the bowl celebration, have the like head official say, do the ceremony and start a new tradition at the Detroit Quick Lane Bowl of getting married right after your win. Did, I mean, Minnesota, did Minnesota get beat by Bowling Green earlier in the season? She, no, they got two years ago. They had, I think it was 2021. Oh, okay. It was one of the worst losses by point spread in, in football history. Uh, they were supposed to beat Bowling Green. I think it was like by 36 points and they lost to them. And then that's, that's where my on the field rant went viral because I thought the Minnesota, the lost to Bowling Green would show up and play us. And we lost to Minnesota and, that's really why I got pissed off is because I remember yeah. watching them against Bowling Green and they beat us. And I thought, what the fuck? These people lost to Bowling Green and then they kicked our ass. The hell? <sighs> anyway, I I, I yeah. probably will be, you know, we're getting into the better well, bowls and I probably will watch some of the bowl games. Uh, I want to see what happens with Florida State. I, I'm going to go back real quick. I know we're over our hour. I'm going to go back real quick to this overlay. Uh, okay, De defensive end, defensive tackle. I think the key here is most of the players that have opted out for, uh, whoops, opted out for, come on, for Florida State are mostly offensive players. So my hope is that, you know, their defense is still good. My hope would be this for Florida State is that maybe they lose to Georgia, but Georgia beats them like seven to three because that would be hilarious. That would be so, that would see, that would be so much fun. And that's what I, that's one reason probably why I watch that bowl, because I think Florida state's defense can just, you know, they can still wreak some havoc. Okay. Is there anything else, Todd? Because we're, we I can't say, what are we going to be on next week, John? Are we going to go on new year's night or are we going to wait till Tuesday? I don't know. What do you do for New Year's night? I usually watch bowl games. <laughs> well, maybe we'll go on. We'll figure it out. I, You know, maybe I probably won't be doing anything. I mean, it's not like I go out heavy drinking anymore. And I, you know, I do watch bowl games, but I can put that on this monitor here and yell at them throughout the, the whatever sure we do. Sure you could. Yeah. It'd be like you're watching them through me. I'd be like a proxy Satan. <laughs> okay uh, oh my god fred sacco wait till tuesday because voices carry oh wow nice 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 one i'll nice tell you one. what fred's clicking tonight he is that's true huh. okay i think that's it i think really you know this is the end of the year show. I think really what you look at, I said it earlier, I, none of this stuff really sucks. I don't think we can look at our whole athletic department, you know, overall and say, boy, we're in trouble with X or boy, we really have a problem here. I mean, you could look at men's Nebraska men's basketball and go, I wonder what we're going to do about that. But that's not any different than it's been in for decades, you know, and God knows what they're going to do. Casey, Casey Tominaga didn't get hot until like 
February last season. So maybe that's still in him to suddenly explode into the scoring explosion we want him to be. So I'm looking you know, forward to them playing in the dance. I'm looking yeah. forward to them. I am. You know, and I think everybody would agree that I think, well, there's always naysayers and haters. I think everybody would agree, except those people, uh, that Matt Rule has got the football program heading in the right direction. You know, volleyball looks exceptional. Women's basketball's got a, a big name recruit coming in. Softball this year could be uh, phenomenal, and baseball looks like it could be better too. So I think when you you start to close the door on 2023 and open the door on 2024, well, you got to sing happy songs or something. I don't think Todd and I should sing them for you because uh, that would probably. Better people, there would be better at that than us. <laughs> All right, that's it for tonight. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas past kind of thing going on. And uh, I hope you got all that you, I hope you got all that you wanted for Christmas and not diabetes. There you go. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Good, Good night, night John. God. <laughs>